When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. The Stampeders in control in Ottawa. Third quarter about to kick off. Stamps up 20 to nothing on the Red Black. Esks and Argos tomorrow. Right here on 630 Chat. Uh, you know, I, I've always enjoyed listening to uh, head coach Mark Tressman with the Toronto Argos, of course, uh, with Montreal before that. Uh, in between, he went and coached in the NFL with the. He was the head coach of the Chicago Bears, and he's he's always such a controlled and measured speaker, and uh, you know, very thoughtful and deliberate in, in in what he says. And he's one of those guys. He's he's and some people are just good at doing this. And I'll just state this as bluntly as I can. He's he's very good, Patrick, and I think you'll appreciate this. He's very, he's very good at telling people to get lost. And making, I do appreciate making, that, yeah. making, but but making you feel like he didn't tell you to get lost. <laughs> but, but, but you know what I mean? Like he's and I even listened to his uh, his his news conference today, and you know he'll just kind of politely short answer a question, uh, and 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 say something, and he sort of gets the message across. You know where it's like, well, you know, I'd rather not talking about it without without barking at somebody. And I remember when. Um, this was a few years ago. Uh, I was working at City TV, and uh, uh, Gene Principe from Sportsnet was covering the CFL Coach of the Year luncheon. So the uh, same company owns uh, City TV and Sportsnet, and uh, there was no there was nobody available as uh, to be to go shoot to go work the camera for Gene. So I, I got asked to do it. Uh, I was I was a producer, but they you know you did you do everything in TV, so I know how to use the camera. So they said go with Gene to the lunch. So I got to you know, and then there's a Tressman wins, and then there's a media scrum after. And this was I think at I think at that time it wasn't the Bears. I think it was the Buffalo Bills needed a coach. And there's all this Tressman's going to the Bills. Tressman's going to the Bills, and somebody said you know you've been linked with uh, jobs in the NFL and possibly going to the Buffalo Bills. Is that the next step for you? And, and Tressman was so calm about it. Like, his facial expression didn't change. Um, you know, and it, it was one of those questions, is it somewhat awkward to ask a guy that just after he won CFL Coach of the Year? Okay, sure, but it has to be asked. I mean, it, it's an opportunity to ask the guy. And, you know, sometimes, I don't know if you knew this, sometimes coaches leave teams right after winning the Great Cup. <laughs> wonder, wonder when that happened recently. <laughs> sometimes you know when they're coaching your team 
or sorry, a team in the Grey Cup, that, that that's going to be their last game with that team because they're going to Saskatchewan or a hypothetical franchise. Uh, but anyway, so Trespin got asked this question, and he and he just kind of said, "It's my personal policy not to comment on rumors," and that was it. And, I just, and, and you know what? And if he says that all the time, anytime there's a rumor that comes up, and and he just tells people that. Then he does. He doesn't have to deal with the. Oh well, Tressman kind of said that. Well, what exactly did he mean? He just says, "I I don't comment on rumors." There yeah, were, there's nothing yeah. left to be deciphered there. There, there were rumors he's going to the NFL. He doesn't comment. There's rumors he's having uh, a fish taco for lunch. He's not commenting. <laughs> so anyway, I, I I enjoy listening to him. So back to our our theme from earlier uh, about. Uh, about the start versus the finish of, of games. And I, I guess I, I, I got to preface this by, by saying that I, I, despite what Jason Moss said, that he's more concerned about how the game ended, I, I'm still concerned about how the last couple of games have started for the Eskimos. Let's just go back quickly here. Uh, against Toronto on the weekend, I'm sure you remember it, Toronto gets a touchdown, Edmonton fumbles their first offensive play, and then Toronto gets another touchdown. It's 12 nothing. And Edmonton has won a run a grand total of one offensive play, which was a turnover. Against BC in the previous game, BC takes the opening drive down for a missed field goal and a rouge. Edmonton throws an interception on its second play from scrimmage. BC gets a touchdown. Edmonton fumbles the ensuing kickoff, recovered by the Lions, and the Lions uh, get a field goal out of that. So in the last two games, week four, Edmonton... Trailed 12-0, having run one offensive play. And the previous game, they trailed 11-0 and had run two offensive plays. So I I would think the starts uh, are an issue. I'd sooner not fall behind. But I understand what Jason Moss is saying. And you're going to hear a whole answer here from Mark Tressman. He was asked about facing Mike Riley and uh, and what Riley, uh, the problems Riley Brings and then he segues into some comments about fourth quarters, and it's pretty interesting. You know, the, the best the best uh, quarterback in this league is. I just got done talking. He's in this building. He's a he's just a phenomenal player. He's a I've got the utmost respect for him. And if he does, if he's on the on the bench, he can't he can't do the things he's capable of doing. I'm proud of our defense for the two stops we made in the fourth quarter. Proud of our offense for staying on the field. And that was that last week. And, and certainly when you you know control the clock for 10 minutes and you don't turn the ball over and you don't if you play smart football, you're going to have a chance to win. And if you if you're involved at least even in the turnover battle uh, going into the fourth quarter, you've made it a fourth quarter game. And in our league, that's what this game is. I and mean, our game is a fourth quarter game mm-hmm. where anything can happen uh, point spreads have been dramatic in this league and teams have come from behind and won and and we're all very clearly aware of that and you can never stop playing and uh, but if you can be in the game in the fourth quarter you're going to give yourself a chance to win the game because mm-hmm. possession wise the number of possessions you're going to get are going to give you a chance to do that and you know, that's what we try to do we respect our opponents to know enough that if we can just be in the game in the fourth quarter we'll, we have a chance to win the game and uh, you know that's what we'll continue to try to press on doing and that's what happened for the Argos on Saturday. They had a chance to win the game, despite being outgained in yardage. But but again, part of the reason they had the chance to win the game was because they dominated the opening nine minutes. So, I mean, maybe it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. You'd, you'd like to play even throughout the entire game. Um, but, I mean, he had a good point, and Moss had a good point. Because of the way that the timing changes in the CFL in the last three minutes of each half, you get an extra possession or two in the fourth quarter. So if you use it, 
if you score, you know, 10, 14 points on those extra possessions, you will you will probably win. I do get that argument, but it's an interesting debate. All right, uh, it is 7-12. And uh, it's a big weekend, not just because of the football game. At Castrol Raceway, starting tomorrow, they have the Rocky Mountain Nationals. And Rob Reeves is the owner of Castrol Raceway. Uh, Rob, it's great to have you back on the show, man. How's life? Oh, life is good. It's the sun shining, and we're getting ready for a big race here this weekend. So we're looking forward to it. Now there there might be some some rain that rolls through you know you know at times over the next couple of days does that uh, does that affect the the racing or the racers or is it all systems go no matter what? Well, no, it it, it does affect. Uh, we can't race when it's raining, but we have all the equipment to dry the track. It, it, you know, Friday says a little bit of chance of some showers. You know, we can as soon as they quit, we just go back and dry, and then we go back racing again. Uh, rest of the weekend so far uh, says it's supposed to be okay. You, you know. Rob, this is such a, a an incredible weekend at Castrol, and 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 I mean it's the largest drag racing event in Canada. Um, give me a sense of maybe some of the the names on the marquee here in terms of maybe some showdowns or some big draws coming. I, I mean, there's there's hundreds of, of cars that people going to be taking part, but uh, you know what sort of uh, what what are the main attractions here coming up? Well, we've got uh, we've got about 300 cars going to be competing this weekend. You know, we've got Bruce Litton in his top fuel dragster. We've got the nitro-fueled alters. We have six of those. They're, most of them are all up from Vegas. We've got nitro funny cars. We've got Tim Boychuk, Ron Hodson. We've got uh, oh, we've got Jets. We have uh, the, the Stagecoach Wheel Stander. We've got uh, Union Pro Mods, uh, Nitro Harleys. We, looks like we've got about 16 of those on the property. So it'll, it's going to be uh, it's, it's going to be a wild weekend. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, there's always a there's always a lot going on, and uh, this and Tim Boychuk obviously mentioned as uh, a local guy. We've had him on the show. He's incredible to talk to. Are you bringing a special guest into town? Yes, we have uh, Tony Petragon, uh, two-time world champion, uh, coming to do autographs and uh, and uh, visiting with the crowd and everything. And you know, he's not racing anymore, but uh, you know, Tony was pretty famous in his time. You know, in the uh, Late 90s, early uh, 2000s, you know, up to, you know, probably 2010 was a big competitor. And uh, so he's coming up to visit, uh, you know, and sign autographs and visit with the people. So uh, we're looking forward to that. He's never been here before. So it should be a lot of fun. Well, that's a big draw coming in for sure. What are we looking at for some of the top speeds of the fastest cars, Rob? Well, you're looking at, you know, 300 mile an hour plus on the top fuel cars. Um, You know, the jet cars get close to 300 miles an hour as well. You know, our wheel standard goes back on, you know, goes all the way down the track over 100 miles an hour on two wheels. Um, you know, so it's, it, there's, some, there's some fast, fast cars here. 300 miles per hour. Miles, yeah, 500 kilometers or so. Jeez. Oh, and, the, and these are these, these are these like incredible races that take like five or six seconds, right? Uh, four seconds. Four. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I added like half the time. <laughs> the time on it. Well, you know, I, I I've interviewed drag racers before, Rob, and you've been you know in that in that community for so long. I'm always fascinated, and I'm sure you could comment on this with with the preparation and the work they do behind the scenes for such a quick blast of actual racing activity. It's kind of mind-boggling when you think about all that work they put in to, to try to win those uh, amazingly quick sprints. Oh, oh, and in between rounds, you know, they take the motor apart, they put it back together, and they got about 75, 80 minutes to turn the car around before they go again. 
Um, it's just, you know, it's fascinating to watch, you know, and, and you know, the beauty about drag racing is the fans, they, they get to go up close and personal and watch these guys do it. You know, they can stand in their pit area, you know, and, uh, and watch these guys thrash and rebuild these engines and get them ready, fire them up and get back on the track. All right, uh, Rob, Give it. I, I know it starts tomorrow. Uh, I'll let you kind of break it down if you can. Give me a sense of the schedule if, if, if people want to come through. And, uh, you, you know, when, uh, can you go? Can you just go there and watch all day? Are there better times to come? What are we looking at? So the, uh, the gates open at 9 every day. Um, the, the sportsman guys they, uh, in the, in the class cars, they run uh, during the day, mostly on Friday and Saturday. 6 p.m., we start our pro show. You know, and that's with the funny cars, the dragsters, the jets, you know, all that kind of stuff. That starts around 6 until we, we finish. Um, so there's one round on Friday, and uh, there's two rounds on Saturday night. So the nighttime is, the, is, is when the big crowds are out, but it's, it's interesting all day long. And then Sunday between 9 and 5, you know, we do the elimination rounds. And you know we hope to have everything wrapped up by five o'clock Sunday afternoon. So what? So what? Are, and, and I know there's a lot of different uh, categories and everything, but uh, how many? Uh, how many races will a driver have to win to to be the champ of their their category? Well, they're usually you know the fields are um, depending on which class it is between eight and sixteen cars. So it takes four rounds if there's sixteen, and and three rounds if there's eight. You know to, to determine a winner. Okay, so you need to have uh, some good prep, some good reaction time, and I guess a little bit of luck doesn't hurt if it goes your way, too. Oh, yeah, luck is always good. What, what's the uh, reaction time off the line for most people, Rob, for some of the top drivers? Top drivers, you know, the really good ones in some of these classes are, uh, you know, a thousandth of a second, you know. You know that, that They're that close to hitting the, hitting the mark. Okay. Well, I just got a text. Uh, Petragon is huge, so somebody looking forward to hopefully meeting Tony <laughs> on the weekend. Uh, I know everything as well is on CastroRaceway.com. Uh, to, uh, Rocky Mountain Nationals st- uh, tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday. Before I let you go, Rob, did I, did I miss anything? I'll ask you that general one. <laughs> uh, have you missed anything? I, don't, I think we've covered most of those. You know what? We're going to be, uh, we've got a, a helicopter out here doing rides all, all weekend long, so you kind of get to be able to see the, some of the races from the air. Um, so you can purchase a ticket to ride in the helicopter. Then they take you on a scenic tour of the river and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, trying to do a whole bunch of fun stuff as well. Okay. Well, Rob, thanks for making time for us tonight because I know this is incredibly busy. I hope the weekend goes uh, absolutely great, and thanks for checking in tonight. All right. I really appreciate it. Have a great night. That is Rob Reeves on the line from Castrol Raceway. Rocky Mountain Nationals get going tomorrow. That's going to be a lot of fun. 7-19, Ottawa on the board, but a long way to go. Halfway through the third quarter, stamps up 23. Inside Sports on 630 Jet. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 Jet. She came from Greece. She had a thirst for knowledge. She studied sculpture at St. Mark's College. That's where I... It's more spoken word than singing, but this is my favorite one of Bill's. She told me that her dad was loaded. Yeah, I paired up with a British band called Pulp. It's called Common People. It's about the blue-collar experience, I suppose. That's great. She said... Sports featuring songs sung by artists with the first name of Billy and Billy Shatner, sort of was his name. (laughs) That's that's awesome. I went to uh, I went to Stratford, Ontario, this summer. 
Well, I guess it was in the spring. It was the last week of April, and that's where they have the big they have the the big theater festival, right? There's Shakespearean plays and other plays. It hadn't quite started yet, but they have stars, you know, like Walk of Fame stuff, but not just on one sidewalk all over the all over the town. And of course, William Shatner has one because he would have performed there as a younger man. You know who's from Stratford? Who has a star there? Give me a hint. Bieber. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. Legend. The Eskimos and Argos tomorrow. Uh, we were talking to Morley earlier about how the Eskimos are focused on details, trying to correct a lot of the errors that led to self-inflicted wounds in Toronto. Here's quarterback Mike Riley. Yeah, they are mental mistakes for sure. Um, you know, some are physical, but more more often than not, it's mental. Um, you know, but again, it's just about practicing the, the little details every single day and everything that you do. So it, it's just, you always have to train that muscle memory. It's something that, you know, once you get it, it's not going to stay there forever. You've got to continue to work to keep it. Um, and so it's just any time that we show up here at this building and you walk in the door, you focus on every little detail of what you're supposed to do, what your job is, what your assignment is, whether it's in the classrooms or out here on the field. Um, and that's just something that, you know, you have to you have to be aware of every single day because, again, it just takes one day of, of being slack on that. And if it happens to be a game day, you're going to walk away with a loss. The way things went down last week, does that make the back-to-back more appealing in some way? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's an opponent that, you know, we're pretty comfortable with now because we just got them playing against them. Um, same could probably be said in how they feel about us, you know. So uh, it feels good that we get another opportunity to play against them and try to play better football. But obviously we're clearly aware that if we don't play good football that we're not going to beat them, you know. And so, um, you know, it's just it doesn't really matter who the opponent is. I'm just glad that we get to get back out on the field. It happens to be a team where, um, you know, there's not going to be any surprises from us or from them. And we're just going to go out and I said it last week, whoever executes better is going to come away with the win. And, and they were the better team in that regard. There's no question about it. So uh, try to fix that and make sure we're the better team tomorrow. Mike, how, how about the slow starts? You overcame that in Toronto and went ahead, of course, as everybody knows. But you're taking stuff out of the playbook when you do that, when you're down a dozen or down double digits. Uh, how do you come out firing right away? Oh, I can't turn the ball over. You know, turn the ball over in the first play of the game, um, which was a similar scenario that happened early in BC. So we've got to protect the football. Um, it's about being good on first down. You know, there was a lot of times where we were effective on first down, either getting another first down or we were terrible. We didn't have a lot of second and mediums. You know, there wasn't a lot of times we were getting four to six yards on first down. It was either all or nothing kind of deal. And there was other times we were in first and 20 because of bad penalties. So, you know, we have to be efficient on first down. we got to stay on the field and move the chains. When we do that, we're a pretty good football team. When we don't, um, you know, we're not. Mike Riley ready to go against the Argos tomorrow night. A lot going on, obviously. we got the football game. We had the uh, bid on Rocky Mountain Nationals. And the uh, Extreme Sports, the Feast event, taking over McKinney Park. And we'll have a competitor, Hannah Roberts. Pretty cool story. She's next on Inside Sports. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. here. You should be able to tell by that nasally voice. You mentioned him earlier. Is this Smashing Pumpkins? This is the Smashing Pumpkins. Billy Corgan lead vocals. You betcha. Songs sung by people named Billy all night long here on Inside Sports. By all night long, I mean once or twice every half hour between <laughs> 6 and 8 p.m. 
Uh, by, by the way, Bo Levi Mitchell uh, left this game with an injury, uh, but Calgary is up 20-3 to on Ottawa. One and a half minutes left in the third quarter. Eskimos and Argos coming up tomorrow night. You can always get more on 630Ched.com. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Well, uh, a lot going on. We've been talking football, the uh, Rocky Mountain Nationals at Castrol Raceway, and taking over Louise McKinney Park starting tomorrow. We have the uh, FISE event. That's F-I-S-E. It's uh, a festival of extreme sports featuring uh, outstanding athletes in uh, BMX freestyle, BMX flatland, skateboard, and scooter competing throughout the weekend, amateur athletes, pros. So there's going to be a lot going on there. It is free to attend. Starts uh, tomorrow at 10.30. Saturday, it goes all day, 11 to 9.30, and then Sunday, 11 to 7.45. And I'm pleased to welcome to the show one of the best BMX athletes in the world. It is Hannah Roberts. Hannah, my name is Reed. Welcome to Edmonton. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for coming on the show tonight. Now, Hannah, is it you're, you're, you've reached a very high level of your sport, and, and you're still a teenager. Is that accurate? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm 16. You're 16. Um, so, look, you're you're like most athletes. You're probably relatively modest, but I hope you can answer this question. How did you get so good so fast? Uh, I spend a lot of my time like training and and um, usually like watching videos of my parents and trying to make my riding as good as it possibly can be. Okay, uh, now where do you live? Uh, Buchanan, Michigan. In Michigan, all right. Uh, now who who got you into this? Who what what was the spark here that 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 set you off on this competitive track? Uh, so my cousin, he was uh, Brett Benesewicz. He's really good. He, um, actually, pro in 2012, and he had a traumatic brain injury. But he really he got me started in the sport, and he still helps me today with like uh, tricks and advice. Oh wow! Okay, how's he doing since his injury? Um, he's doing good. He's got like a lot of his motor skills and stuff back and he's able to walk and talk and stuff. Um, he doesn't ride very much anymore, but he's, he's doing really well. All right. Um, now was that, that was obviously difficult for you. Was he injured? Like, was he injured competing or practicing? Uh, yeah, he was, uh, practicing in Virginia beach and he, he messed up on a trick and actually missed the landing. So now did that ever make you want to doubt your continued participation in the sport? Uh, no. Uh, as BMX riders, we kind of accept the risk, and, and you know, uh, riding a bike is a passion of mine, so it's easy to, you know, get on my bike, and it, it's really just like a, a stress reliever. Okay. Hannah Roberts joining us, uh, World BMX champ. So just tell people, you know, who are maybe unfamiliar with this or haven't seen a lot of it, and this is going to sound like a very basic question, but, like, what is it you do when we see you compete? Uh, what will you be trying to accomplish, and, and what you know, are, are you trying to do to, to win your event? Um, so basically it's just uh, based on what the judges think and, and it's how, how big we can go um, on our bikes, the, the technic- technicality of our tricks and, and just the constant speed and style that we, we have throughout our, our minute run that we, we usually get. So. so you're trying to perform as many tricks as possible in a minute and obviously the more difficult the better. Yeah. Okay. Now, how high you'll be? Do, you'll be going up and down the. I don't know what you guys. I know in what snowboarding they call it a half pipe. What do you call it in BMX? Um, we we just have like courses, like boxes and quarters and stuff. Okay. All right. Well, this is this is pretty impressive stuff. And and now you are are you on the Olympic team for 2020? Or are you still hoping to make it? What's your status there? 
Um, so right now I'm on the uh, U.S. national team, and uh, it's just like a, a basic to get started and get used to the Olympic, Olympic life, but nothing really counts this year until the beginning of November. Okay, World so championships. Okay, perfect. You know, Hannah, tell us what is it about about BMX that just you know gets you excited to compete, gets gets you practicing every day, gets you committed to the sport. What what is it that you really love about it? Uh, definitely like the way people treat each other. Like obviously, it's not a team sport. You you ride for yourself, really. Um, uh, then you come together as a team, but really like traveling and being able to meet new people and they're all like super nice and and really like helpful and and it's just like that's the best part to me plus like when you ride you just feel free like nobody's controlling you or anything and you're doing your own thing so it's pretty sweet all right that's pretty cool uh have you been to edmonton before yes this is my third time oh this is already your third time here okay so uh you're you're familiar with stuff here uh who who are some of your top uh, competitions some other names maybe people should know about uh, Nikita Dukuro, Laura Lesman, and uh, Minato Oki, they're, they're really close behind me on uh, points for the series, and they've been killing it this whole year. Now, is this a sport dominated by Americans, such as yourself, or, or is it pretty international? How would you characterize that? Um, BMX is pretty, pretty international, but it's mostly dominated by males. Well, it's mostly dominated by males, so there isn't necessarily a nationality, but oh, okay. So it's not divided into, into men and women, then? No, it, it is. It's, uh, for UCI events, it's, uh, the, the women have a class and the guys have a class. But, okay. Um, the guys definitely have more. So is, is, there, is there an event you've got to do every weekend? I mean, you must have a pretty, a pretty busy schedule. Uh, I spend, like, 40 hours a week training, but um, usually my events... Uh, kind of go together so it's like week after week but this week I'm, I'm lucky enough to be able to go home for a bit okay how, how do you get I, I know it's summer now but how, how do you fit your schooling into all this during the school year uh usually i uh do my homework when when it's like practice days so then i don't have to like focus as hard on the competition but um i just do it on the road or i try to get caught up when i get home Okay. Well, you've obviously uh, had some lessons in time management <laughs> along the way for sure. Hannah, if somebody ha- has not seen any any of the extreme sports, and I mentioned you know, there's the BMX and skateboard and some other stuff going on, uh, and if somebody is on the fence about going to McKinney Park to see some of the events this weekend, what would be your sales pitch? Why should why should somebody go? What's what are they really going to like about this? Uh, you just get to see a bunch of like people having fun with what they do and and really you know just trying to prove themselves not to other people but to themselves and and it's really it's a really cool to event where a lot of people like get together and it's just a really good time in general so i think I think that's the best part okay no have you have you ever uh, been injured yes uh badly yes uh, can I ask what happened uh, I was uh, 10, and I, I flipped over my handlebars, and I ended up uh, breaking my back. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, how long did that keep you out of commission? Uh, it was supposed to keep me out for six months, but I was back up and riding in a month. Oh, okay. Well, sorry for laughing. That's not, that's no. not, but I mean, no, you're, okay. you're clearly pretty determined. Yeah. All right, so you were 10, you, you broke your back. Were you scared at the time, or were you just like, okay, I just got to deal with it? Um, it was definitely my first injury, like first break of anything, and and I was kind of freaked out. But I was like, it happens. Like, I can get over it. You know, I'm still 
still able to move and everything. So it was it was easy to come over and uh, you know improve myself from that. No, no, weren't your parents or your cousin or anybody like, hold on, Hannah, you got to wait. Maybe you should wait the six months the doctors told you. No, nobody started when he tried to stop you. Um, my mom and my dad were definitely like not very happy that I was back on my bike in a month. Like I was, I was like, just take me to skate park and I'll just watch. And 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 I never just watched. But um, <laughs> they didn't they didn't find it out for a few weeks after because they would just drop me off and let me like hang out with my friends and stuff. So. That's an incredible story. Uh, Hannah Roberts joining us. She's going to be competing at the uh, Festival of International Sports this weekend. Starts tomorrow at Louise McKinney Park. Hannah, who are some athletes, and I'll, I'll say athletes, either in your sport or others, who are some athletes that maybe you look up to or, or who inspire you? Uh, two athletes that I could like think of right off the bat, uh, Logan Martin and, and Daniel Sandoval. They, they're BMX riders, and they just push themselves to the limit every single time. Uh, they get on their bike, and it's really it's really cool to see their progression throughout the sport. You know, I'm, I'm really curious, because I'm going to be honest with you, I, I don't know much about what you do, and I'm really learning a lot here. When, when you're when you're training, like, are you on the bike the whole time, or is there, I don't know, weightlifting, yoga, <laughs> like, whatever that you have to do that that help out with your sport? Oh, yeah, so we, I, myself, I train on my bike uh, 40 hours a week, and then, um, so it's five days a week, and then the two days where I'm not riding, I'm I'm at the gym, and I usually spend all in all like an hour a day at the gym, just you know cardio and and uh, really getting my my body to where it needs to be to help. Okay, well this is great stuff, Hannah. Thanks a lot for checking. In. Do you know what time you're going to be competing on the weekend? I think our competition is at like one. Our competition, yeah, it, it should be about 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock tomorrow? Uh, yeah. And, then, yeah, you, and then you go Saturday and Sunday too, don't you, or is it all tomorrow for you? Uh, our qualifying is tomorrow, and then finals for us is uh, Saturday. Okay, perfect. Well, Hannah, thanks for making time for us here on 630 Chet and for letting the audience get to know you a little bit. I hope you have a great time in Edmonton. I hope the competition goes well. Thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Thank you. That is Hannah Roberts checking in, so you can see her at McKinney Park uh, over the weekend. Uh, Patrick, a very interesting interview. Uh, six, 16 years old. How's that? 16 years old. Yeah, I just happen to be one of the best in the world uh, at what I do, and I might be on the Olympic team in a couple of years. And incredible story. So she's 16. So six years ago, she breaks her back. And supposed to be out six months, and uh, she's back in, in a month. Uh, incredible. I mean, you could... Uh, the, what I enjoyed about that, you could tell in the interview her passion for what she does and, and her dedication. And, and look, a sport I, I don't know a lot about. This is one of these newfangled hipster sports. <laughs> no, but seriously. Uh, I don't know. Do you, do you like, you, this is the kind of thing you, you see it in the Olympics or you're flipping through. Yeah. And, and you're kind of like, I wonder, I wonder who does that. Who are, who are these people? What's their story? Well, there's a story tonight. Yeah, it grabs your attention. Is it wrong to feel that a 16-year-old girl's probably tougher than I am? I feel like that's kind of... <laughs> no, I think that's, I think that's standard for both of us, Patrick. Yeah. All right. Same boat. All right. <laughs> it is 745 Inside Sports on 630 Chad. We're coming right back. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chen.
could I have forgotten earlier in the show about Billy Ocean? One in a million. He had a song, I'm trying to think back to elementary school. I think it was called Lover Boy. And the video. <laughs> like Star Wars. I, I, yeah, I used to like, that's why I like the video. Yeah. I, I, I can't really remember the song, but I know the video was themed after the Star Wars cantina scene. With all the song was so so. This was lasers. his money hit here. Oh, here we go. Top music on this show. <laughs> Seven forty-eight. Got a text to six thirty-six thirty. Hey Reed, did you happen to talk about the gentleman who left his Porsche in neutral at a Calgary golf course this week? If so, what the heck happened there? LOL. Well, we'll sure talk about it now. Uh, I had uh, I had heard about it. I hadn't looked into it in detail, but on our uh, globalnews.ca website uh, from our uh, Calgary station. I'll just quickly read it. It's not that long. A car wound up in a pond at a Calgary golf course on Monday afternoon. Okay, like that'll, <laughs> that alone makes me laugh. Well, I guess if you don't own the car. Uh, the head pro at Canyon Meadows Golf Club told Global News they believe a golfer left the vehicle in neutral in the parking lot to go practice somewhere on the course when it started to roll down the hill. The car picked up speed as it hit the water, then floated towards the middle of the pond. The golf club closed for maintenance at the time. No one was injured. The Calgary Fire Department tried to get the car out, but it sunk to the bottom of the pond. A fire official told Global News they believed the parking brake was used, but may have failed. And you think it's bad when you fire two or three in a row into the water hazard. How about your whole vehicle? My goodness, that's uh, that's one to remember. So apparently, the well, the texture said, "What the heck happened?" Well, it sounds like the parking brake failed. <laughs> that, that, that's tough. Hey, where did I park? I thought I parked right here. <laughs> your car floating in the water. My Maybe goodness. he was going for uh, best drive. Ah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> uh, well, oh, my goodness. I, I, I regret to read this text. It, uh, this texture says, if you could play some Billy Talent for one of your three female listeners, it would be appreciated. But we, did we do Billy Talent earlier? We did. We did Viking Death March. Can we circle back to we Billy can Talent close the at show? the end of the show? Just, uh, just so this uh, For the this, ladies? This young for the lady. three ladies? Yeah. <laughs> Which is it, Tina, Rebecca, or Stacy? Uh, I don't know who this is. I, I, I've, never done a, uh, I've never done a gender identification of the 14 listeners. Because you know what? It's not relevant. It isn't. Sports Whoever are sports. Whoever you are or choose to be. Very 2018, you're one of Reed. the 14 listeners for Inside Sports, uh, you're, you're, it's fine. It's all fine. 23, Calgary leading Ottawa. Oh, another touchdown. 26-3, Calgary leading Ottawa. Ten and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. That has been a blowout. Uh, Oil 10 says, uh, read strange comment by Jason Moss earlier on your show. He doesn't care about how the team starts the game. A strong start may prevent the pressure of trailing and you may cruise to victory. Thought it shows his inflexible attitude, perhaps not the best for a head coach. That is from Oil 10. Well, I mean, that was a clip from the coaches show on Monday. I I, I think we have to kind of take it, not not grain of salt, but maybe the, the, the context that Jason was saying is that a lot of people have you know, brought up to him, approached him, asked him about the bad first quarter in Toronto. I think he cares about it. I I, I think, without putting words in Jason Moss's mouth, I, I think he 
would prefer not to fall behind 12 nothing. but I think he's saying the game was there to win and take in the fourth quarter, and the Eskimos didn't take it. And Mark Tressman kind of echoed those comments that, it, it, that he believes as well it is a fourth-quarter league. Because of the timing, you can get extra possessions, and uh, you know the, the the clock stops more often than the last three minutes. And if you make use of those extra possessions, you're probably going to score more points. Now, I, I, but as I said earlier, Oil Ten, I agree with you. We can't disregard the start of the game because if you are that craptacular in the first quarter, you're going to have a lot of work to do by the fourth. Uh, the Eskimos had the lead in the fourth quarter, and they couldn't put it away. They went up 14-12, couldn't put it away with a touchdown, kicked to go up 17-12, and then allowed the touchdown to fall behind, the two-point convert to fall behind, and then were in great shape to get in field goal range and couldn't advance the ball. So I think that's what, what Jason Moss is saying. I, I would hope he doesn't literally mean that he doesn't care about the start of the game, Oil 10. But uh, I, I know what you're saying. I mean, they, they, they go hand in hand, right? If you, if you start well, it makes it a lot harder. If, if you don't start well, it makes it a lot harder to finish well if, if you're going into the fourth quarter down you know, 14, 17 points, which the Eskimos weren't. I mean, they, they did at one point have the lead in the fourth quarter. But, uh, but I'm with you, Oil 10, is that we can't disregard the start of the game. And I, I, I put this out there earlier. Last week, the Eskimos had run one offensive play, and they trailed 12 nothing. The previous week against BC... They had run two offensive plays, and they had trailed 11-0, and this is all thanks to turnovers and sloppiness off the start. So hopefully they're able to turn that around. You can always text 630-630, the phone number is 780-496-0063. Also on a musical note, it is ludicrous at halftime tomorrow. Here's Kenny Stafford. Am I a fan? I was a fan back in the day. I mean, back in like 2005, 2004, when I was like 14 or 15. But, uh, I mean, I'm... It's cool. It's cool for our fans, for a, a performer like him to come. You know, just to come to our stadium, show our show our fans a good time. But we're trying to win a football game at the end of the day, so I probably won't be paying too much. Actually, I won't be paying too much attention to Ludacris. But for our fans in the halftime show and for the CFL, is bringing exposure to uh, the CFL to the game. Like, I mean, us being, you know, me being you uh, from the U.S. like. Our game is growing. It's being, it's being, a, it's a more popular in the United States now. And just bringing a, a performer like him of his caliber up to the CFO for a halftime show just shows uh, how our league is expanding and is growing. So I'm, I'm excited for that for sure. A little bit there from Kenny Stafford, and get a full game preview on 630Ched.com. The Red Sox lead the Blue Jays 6-3. That is in the top of the eighth. The Red Sox are going for their 10th consecutive victory. They and the New York Yankees have the best records in Major League Baseball. Of course, they're in the same division. Red Sox winning percentage, 691. Yankees, 659. You have uh, Houston and Seattle both over 620. I don't know if you've looked at this lately, Patrick Bauer. You got the uh, Baltimore Orioles with a tidy win percentage of 277 and the Kansas City Royals with a tidy 283. Pretty tidy. You know, baseball is a sport where, you know, often if you have a winning percentage of like 380, like you've had a terrible season. <laughs> you know, four, you know, 400, okay, you, you know, you're not that good. But like these teams are under 300. That's pretty Ouch. stunning. 
That is pretty stunning. All right, tell you what, I really appreciate everybody that texted in tonight. This was a fun show. We got you ready for the Esks and the Argos and a couple other big events coming up in Edmonton this weekend. Oh, there a little bit of Oilers news here today. The new guys have picked their jersey numbers. Kyle Brodziak will wear 28, Tobias Reeder will wear 22, and Kevin Gravel will wear number 5. Some Billy Talent on the way out. This is great. 27-3, Calgary leading Ottawa. Nine and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. Stamps are going to go to 4-0. Eskimos are 2-2, Argos are 1-2. Tomorrow, 5-30. The coverage begins from the brick field at Commonwealth Stadium. Morley Scott, Dave Campbell, Brendan Ulrich. The game starts at 7. We have it all for you live on 6.30 Chat. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. Your studio producer this evening, we had fun tonight, is Patrick Bauer. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a great night. Enjoy the Eskimos game tomorrow. So